what should you feed your pet? Dry biscuits, canned food, a raw diet, or even vegan? Massey University lecturer in animal welfare and veterinary specialist Dr Kat Littlewood uh, will answer your questions. There's plenty already, thank you. But you can email us 9 rnz.co.nz or text us 2101. Kat, welcome back and thanks again for making time for us. Awesome, Marina. Now, pet food's a big business. There are whole aisles in supermarkets dedicated to food and treats for cats and dogs. What's your general rule of thumb when it comes to feeding companion animals? Um, I guess feed the best diet that you that you can afford um, and within, within the limits of your um, capacity to afford. You know, we do have such a huge range of diets that are out there um, and some of them are a little bit... Um, better than others but at the same time they're all pretty good otherwise they wouldn't be on most of our shelves um and feeding a good range of things as well is really really important um so that we're not just feeding all dry food we're not just feeding all wet food um giving animals a, a few options in terms of what they get to eat is, is always really helpful is there much of a difference yeah. between the big brands do you need to be paying top dollar or as you say if if they've made it as far as the supermarket shelves are they going to be fine for Fido or whomever Yeah so I mean we do have um like more premium diets that do have sort of better quality ingredients in them um so with, if they're within your means to be able to afford those ones we do know that they are made um with more like you know, slightly better ingredients. But at the same time, we want people to be feeding animals um, enough food. Um, and I know that, you know, tough economic times, we can't be telling everyone that they have to buy the most expensive diet there is because we know that's not always possible for everyone to do. What is the basic nutritional need of the main companion animals, your cats, dogs, etc.? Um, Yeah, so we need to have a good source of protein for them. Um, they are... Cats are carnivores, so they do need a good source of protein, um, calcium, phosphorus. Dogs are a little bit different, so they're omnivores, so they can have a little bit more um, range of ingredients in there. Um, but we still need to bear in mind that these are animals that um, previously in the wild would have been eating um, a decent amount of protein. Um, obviously, as, as animals are in different situations, for young puppies, they have different needs to older animals. Um, we need to have a lot more protein for our puppies because they are growing. Um, so there are different requirements at different stages of life as well that we need to keep in mind. You mentioned wet versus dry food. What sort of balance to strike in a balanced diet? That's a hard one because don't forget animals are still individuals, right? So they still have individual tastes. Um, I know my cat personally just loves having wet food. Um, he'll have a few dry biscuits if if they're there, but he he really just likes wet food. Um, but they are they are still individuals, and we have to remember that about our animals. That some animals are going to love those dry food, those dry biscuits. They do have a little bit more um, carbohydrates in them, so they are a little bit sweeter. The kind of the sweeties of the dog food world. Um, so some like animals really love those those dry biscuits, and then others prefer that wet that wet food. And what so are we talking about with is, wet food? This is the canned food. Yeah, so the canned food. Um, it can come as like a, a pate. There can be um, some, more of a slush with bits in it. Um, there's kind of different different ones out there that are available. There are implications at the back end, shall we say, um, the back office. Um, different diets <laughs> will lead to different um, types of poo, to be, to be blunt about it. And uh, look, you know, human health, we need to keep an eye on how our digestive system is going. What can an animal's digestive system tell us? 
Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good thing to talk about. <laughs> I'm talking about animal poo. Um, obviously, you know, if we can keep an eye on their poo and, and make sure that they are nice, good, firm um, poos, that's really important. We don't want them to be too dry. We want to make sure they have access to a lot of water. Um, if we are feeding dry diets, um, and that is their preference as well, we definitely want to make sure they have a lot of water that they can access as well. And particularly in cats, because we know cats, as they get older, um, Kidneys can be a little bit of a problem for them, um, so we need to make sure they have access to lots of water. Um, and feeding water and having water near food is not recommended for cats um, and dogs as well, but particularly for cats. So we don't really know why, but cats don't like to drink water that's near their food. There's kind of old wives' tales that maybe it's because when they were wild, their wild ancestors would kill an animal. Um, if it was near a water source, then that meant that water source might be contaminated, and so they wouldn't want to drink from that. So that's kind of our best like old wives' tale guess as to why. Um, but we know that cats prefer to have water that's further away from where their food is. What about milk um, so- and milk versus water with cats? Yeah, so milk's a good one. A lot of our um, our cats are kind of lact- what we call lactose intolerant, um, so they don't actually have the necessary enzyme to break down that lactose um, in our normal kind of milk that we have. So we actually don't advise feeding um, or, pre- or giving milk to, to cats. There are sort of cat milks that are available that don't have that lactose in it that you can provide your cat, but actually just water. Water is really good for cats. Um, some cats prefer running water, um, and some cats, most cats like fresh water. But again, just having it away from the food um, is is probably the most important thing for them. Look, a lot of us get into patterns with our diets as well, and might might seem boring to us. If a dog or a cat is quite happy on that same diet of biscuits daily, um, do do they care? You, you're mentioning you want enough protein um, for them, which is why the wet food might be beneficial. Uh, but if they are happy, is that fine? If they're happy and healthy is probably the big one. Um, so we want to make sure that they're healthy as well on that diet and that it has all of the um, required nutrients and the nutrient balance. Um, and also that we're not feeding too much. Um, so we do have some issues with obesity in some of our animals, companion animals, particularly if they're not doing quite as much as they get older. And um, we want to make sure that we're not giving them too much food. Well, that sounds um, familiar, doesn't it? Um, and we yes. know certain species are notorious. Um, the, the Labradors, I think, isn't it? Are the, are the big eaters, the labs and the... Um uh, and maybe the golden retrievers. So how do you know and how do you manage when your um, pets are um, stacking it on, so, so to speak? Um, do, yeah. uh, do we play a role in overfeeding them? Do we have to play a role sometimes in helping them manage uh, manage how much they're having? Yeah, so obviously we manage what food they get, right? Like we we have such a huge role in terms of that management in their weight and and um, their activity as well, particularly for dogs. It's a little bit harder to um, to exercise cats. Um, we can play with them and do some activities with toys, but for dogs, you know, we can walk them and, and that kind of thing. So we need to balance, you know, what we're doing with the animals in terms of walk and exercise with what they're eating as well. Um, and it, you know, as they get older, and we know animals that have been desex, so they don't have some of those hormones running through their body, um, that can make them be a little bit less um, active. So they might need a little bit less food because of that. Do they comfort um, eat sometimes? A- Sorry, I'm just recalling a, a, a flat cat. <laughs> 
that put on a lot of weight at some point when when we moved house and got a bit depressed. Um, and can that be a, can it be an emotional um, an emotional thing that might affect how much they're eating? Absolutely. There's absolutely no reason why that wouldn't be the case. Um, you know, we'd have to have a good look at what's going on with the animal and, and why they might be doing that. Um, but yeah, definitely they can eat when they're bored. They can eat when they're, when they're, when they're anxious. Um, also they can eat less, um, in those situations. So anxious cats, for example, might lose some weight because of that anxiety. All right, we've got so many questions. Let's crack in. Thank you for this. I know this is an age-old question, says this correspondent, but my almost two-year-old dog is grazing like a cow at the moment. If we go to the park, she heads with her neighbour dog, uh, Buddy, which which is a totally different breed, to a couple of particularly luscious clusters of grass, and they munch away. Does this mean there's something missing in her diet? She's a whippet. Wouldn't have been noted for overeating, I would have thought, but there you go. No. (laughs) Why the grass? No, sometimes... so, so grass can just be a behavioural thing. Like they like the like the feel of eating it and 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 that kind of thing. Also, if their buddy is doing it, they might be doing it for that reason as well. Um, there could be some deficiency as well. It's really really hard to tell. Just um, you know, there could be lots of things that are going on with those individual animals. Another thing is that um, they they sometimes eat grass to, to if they're feeling a bit nauseous as well. Um, so that that could be what's going on here, but I'd say it sounds more like a behavioural thing if they're doing it with their friend, um, and it's just kind of a, a little thing that they've got into doing. Is it going to do them harm? Does eating grass harm any companion animal species? Um, no, not really, and particularly not dogs, because we know dogs are um, omnivorous, so they can eat vegetables. We can feed them lettuce, and you know there are some dogs that love a bit of lettuce, so um, a bit of grass is not going to do too much damage. The only thing we have to be a bit careful of is with um, with our smaller dogs and with our cats. Sometimes we can get those those they can have those grass. Um, if the grass is quite long, it can accidentally get inhaled, and we sometimes see those animals coming in with. Um, nasal discharge and sneezing because that grass has actually gone in the back of their nose. Okay. Um, So we just have to look out for that. Just be really aware of, you know, if there are any like upper respiratory sneezy kind of things or coughs that they haven't inhaled some of that grass. Um, So it's just something to be to look out for. I'm just thinking of cats being into catnip. I don't know if it has the same impact on dogs, does it? Uh, Not so much. No, cats are a little bit different in terms of their... um, their sense of smell and what they like but a lot of those catnips and scents um, are really quite stimulating for cats mm. Alright, now, uh, my vet says our correspondent, recommends very expensive dry food, no wet feed at all I'm cynical as I've always thought a varied diet would be better, also at $48 a bag, the vet's making a lot of money Oh, this is dog diet by the way So, sorry, what was the question? Uh, well, it's an observation, really. I guess they're asking, do I need to be spending $48 a bag no. on expensive dry food? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if that's not within your means, then then they're not. Um, I don't know the full ins and outs of the, of the situation and wonder if it's a prescription diet or something, because I know we have um, prescription diets that are available at vet clinics. So, I don't know if the dog needs to be on that diet. Or what um, breed some it diets is either. Are, 
mm. yeah, what breed it is. Some di- some diets are specially designed for certain breeds of dogs or for dogs that have health issues. They, um, you know, if we've got an, an animal with kidney issues, we'll put them on a diet that has less protein because we know protein is not very good for animals' kidneys as they get older. Um, so we've got these special diets that we use that we prescribe for these um, animals. So I'm not 100% Maybe sure ask the vet what... the question would be the yeah, way to go. Yeah, ask the vet. Have that conversation. You know, right. why are we? Why do you recommend this diet? Let's yeah. crack through them. Could you please ask the vet about raw bones and the consequence of chewing them up? I want my dog to have the pleasure of gnawing a big raw bone, but I'm warned about the dangers. I'd be grateful for some accurate opinion. Yeah. So, you know, there are some, some good benefits of feeding bones that we know that they can be a, a source of calcium and phosphorus and they can help remove some tartar from the teeth, not for the whole teeth, um, but just from the tips. Also, we know chewing is really stimulating for dogs. We know they just love to get a good um, a good chew going. Um, but there are some recommendations and some things we need to think about with these bones. So, Cooked bones should always be off limits with dogs, um, and that's because when they get cooked, they become a little bit more brittle, so they can break a bit easier, and we can get sharp shards um, that can come off, and if they you know, get eaten, they can cause some issues in the gastrointestinal tract, so never feed dogs cooked bones. Ah, you've just answered the next question. Is it safe for my dog <laughs> to eat a cooked bone, e.g. lamb or ham? You've just explained yeah. why not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, definitely no cooked bones. And then raw bones, we we, we prefer um those to be fed, they're a bit safer. Um but choosing a bone that that's not going to be able to be swallowed whole. So choosing one that's approximately the size of the of your dog's head at least. Um so that they can get a good um chew um and reduce the chances of things breaking off. Um, kind of bones that have joints and other bits attached, we don't recommend those because those are little bits and chunks that can be chewed off as well. Um, but regardless, we still recommend that dogs are always monitored when they're chewing bones. Okay. Um, so we want to we want to make sure we've got an eye on them, just because you know we can't always know, even with a raw bone, that there isn't going to be a bit that's going to break off. Um, All right. We also have to be aware, you know. Even with these raw bones, there are there are some risks involved. You know that they, they are raw. We have to be careful of foodborne pathogens and us handling them. So have them out for a little bit, and then and then kind of dispose and clean up the area, and just make sure that we're being safe as well. Now, uh, my nearly two-year-old Bernese mountain dog eats her own poo. Is this bad for her? <laughs> it's not bad for her. Um, no, there's no, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Um, it is an interesting behaviour, and it could be something that you that you have a chat with um, a vet about, um, or a behaviourist to see if we can find ways of. of You're not going to want your face looked after that, are you? No, so for social reasons. No. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's, it's not it's not a it's not a it's not so much of a health issue, although it could be. You know, we want to make sure that you know we're not. Um, Having that dog around pregnant women, for example, or other people that might be immunocompromised might need to be a little bit more careful around that dog. Um, okay, but so again, again, that sounds more like a behaviour problem. Yeah, chat with the vet. We've inherited seven large goldfish in a rainwater-fed pond fed from the roof. has lilies in it. How often do we need to feed the fish? Are they able to feed themselves from insect larvae, etc.? Currently feeding every two days with pond fish food. Oh, fish is interesting. Fish are interesting. Um, there's 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 heaps of different recommendations out there um, in terms of feeding fish. Um, I'm less familiar with fish, and, um, unfortunately. Um, 
yeah, so there's there's heaps of good websites that you can go to to see what what you should be feeding fish. Um, and and they've got they've got really helpful advice. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know as much about fish. Okay. Um, <laughs> as as companion. As uh, cats and dogs, yeah. Well, they're kind of a companion animal, the fish. Um, they are a companion animal, for budgies, sure. Is it still um, seed and, and chickweed, by the way? <laughs> I don't know if budgies <laughs> have moved on from seed and chickweed, but uh, that's what mine got. A um, couple of questions from people about vegan food for dogs and cats, please. Growing momentum towards vegan animal foods in Europe with added vitamins and minerals. Uh, and it is apparently just as good as traditional meat-based foods. No animals were killed in the making of it. We're keen on the idea, but New Zealand vets still seem to be saying no to it, despite research evidence to the contrary. And someone else also saying, I've been vegan for over 20 years. During this time, I've had dogs that lived on a vegan diet, notable for their good health, shiny coats and the like, and longevity. Um, Just uh, asking again about vegan diets. Yeah, so that's a really good question, and particularly because there's been some recent research that's come out on these vegan diets. So um, Professor Andrew Knight from the UK has done some work on vegan diets for dogs and cats, Um, and in his research he explored the health and behavioural benefits of vegan diets. He's also looking at sustainability and environmental impacts of these diets, because I know a lot of people are choosing these diets both for themselves and for their animals because of those reasons as well. Um, so he wanted to analyze those traditional pet food ingredients um, and the ingredients in human diets and determine if there are kind of environmental impacts of these diets. So we did some really cool analysis in that space. The problem we have with vegan diets and why we might be getting some some pushback from vets is that we know that dogs are biologically omnivores. Cats are carnivores, um, so cats in particular have nutritional requirements that are quite tricky to provide using um, without using animal-based products. So they have evolved to eat animal-based protein. Um, but like you said, in the last few years, we are seeing newer vegan pet foods being developed, um, and a lot of these companies are using plant-based ingredients that have a lot of extra supplements in there with vitamins, amino acids, and things like that. Um, what we are lacking, though, is some is some good studies that actually show that the that these can ha- provide good health outcomes for dogs and cats. Okay. Um, yeah. So Andrew Knight has done some work in this space, but the work that he's done, unfortunately, was um, owner reported. Um, so you'd like to you know, see some potent- more before being yeah, categorical. Understood. The, yeah. Now the cost of living has got a couple of correspondents asking about recipes for cooked mince meat, cooked rice, and whatever else for feeding to cats and dogs. Bought prepared cat food is too expensive now. Someone else uh, asks about this. Um, many years ago I used to feed my cat and then dog a mixture of mince and rice. Is there anything else I should put in the mix? What are the right proportions? And finally, on the same topic, uh, someone saying that Massey used to have, Massey University Vet School used to have a recipe for this. Can you help? Oh, I didn't know we had used to have a recipe for that. That's news to me. Um, but yeah, so... I mean, feeding these these mixed diets, these homemade diets, they're, they're awesome ways to save a little bit of money. Um, but there is the risk that when you start adding all these extra ingredients that actually you might um, be starting to spend as much money as you might spend buying an already complete diet that you could buy off the shelf. Um, so you would have to buy in kind of special um, sort of vitamins, amino acids and minerals that you add into that um, to that meat and to that to that rice to get to that right um, amount of um, 
vitamins and amino acid okay. profile that, that dogs require. So I, I do worry that if you start putting these together yourself at home because you're not doing it in a commercial environment and, you know, um, some of the complexities that are involved there that, that things actually could end up being costing the same all right. as, or, or more. Yeah. Another here saying, we feed our cat a raw food diet of meat bone mixes. It seems to suit him well, but he's very active and super annoying at night. Would he sleep more at night on a dry food diet that isn't maybe quite as ideal for his gut and might take more digestive energy? <laughs> knock him out. Christmas dinner knockout is what's, what that is, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess that could be it. Or he could, you know, maybe a, a walk in the evening might be what he needs just to get some of that energy out of him. Um, so it could be that he's not getting enough food or it could just be that he's really he really wants to go and, and, and do something at that time or just beforehand. Um, so it's hard to say in that situation um, exactly what's going on there. A couple more just as quickly as you can. This is an interesting one. Our nine-month-old puppy won't eat the same food the next day. I made the mistake of buying eight kilograms of royal canine mini puppy dry dog food as he seemed to love a sample the day before. Same problem with supermarket biscuits. I always need to recruit the, recruit the cats to help get through the food. We'll eat a bit of, <laughs> bit of a scoop of jelly meat mixed through the biscuits. We've got a fussy eater here, haven't we? We do. Um, I guess the I guess the thing is, you know, they do have preferences. They are individual animals, and that is always the way that when you buy a big eight kilo packet, that they decide not to like it. They might come um, back to it on day four. Is it yeah, just one of those you need to cycle to through? They might need to cycle through it, or maybe like you know, it could just be being picky because they have the opportunity to be picky. So and then they get a cuddle. Actually... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just, I've got to squeeze one more in. Sorry, listeners, there's so many. Um, so let's just sneak, uh, sneak this one. In. I'm going to sneak two more in as quick as you can. My two cats absolutely refuse to eat wet food, premium or otherwise. They'll leave it until it gets dry or smelly. Yeah, so that could just be because we know dry food has more carbohydrates, so it is that sweeter kind of taste. So it's a little bit like like sweets for, for cats, whereas the wet food doesn't have as much carbohydrate. So I'd say that might be why. And finally, I'd like some advice on dietary changes and or supplements for my now almost 17-year-old cat, please. She still enjoys meat but has stopped eating dry biscuits, her teeth seem fine, and is now super fussy about packets and tinned food. Yeah, they, the cats do get a bit fussier when they get older. Um, I definitely, for an older cat, take them in to get looked at by a vet. You know, we we do see dental issues that that sometimes we that we might not pick up on as as owners. Um, yeah, have it have teeth looked at definitely. Can cats eat raw avocado? My cat loves it, but I've read that it's bad for pets. Says Annette. Yeah, avocado is one that we want to stay away from, um, particularly in cats. Um, and because it has a lot of fat as well, um, we do worry about the animal's pancreas with that. So if they can get a little bit overwhelmed with that level of fat. Thank you for that. I've got a topic for next time we talk to you. Someone's asking, what can I do for a long-haired cat with skin sensitivity allergies resulting in scores, sores and scabs? We might talk about skin conditions next time, perhaps, or yeah. allergies next time. Cat, would that be good? Yeah. That sounds good. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you, Cat awesome. Littlewood, who's Massey University lecturer in animal welfare and veterinary specialist.